Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast, on which I today have Julia Shapiro, who is the Director of Sales for the North American Territory over at Octopost, a B2B social media platform. Um, Welcome, Julia. Can you introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Elias. Um, I'm Julia. I, like Elias was saying, I'm the Director of Sales for North America for Octopost. We're a social media management and employee advocacy platform architected for B2B companies. So I'm very, very excited to be here. How did you end up at Octopost? Funny stories. So I actually used to work at a partner company and uh, this was probably six years ago. And I met the CEO of Octopus. This is when they were probably five employees based in Tel Aviv. They had no U.S. presence. And fast forward to about uh, two years later, he and I were still staying in touch, talking here and there and kind of approached me and said, hey, do you you have any interest in being our first U.S. employee? And at the time, you know, it's it's definitely a scary ask of somebody to risk everything and work for a company that's headquartered on the other side of the world and you have no support in the U.S. And I said, okay, why not? Let's do it. Let's give it a try. And this was four, four years ago and the rest is kind of history. Cool, cool. So yeah. today we are going to talk about B2B social media marketing. What what are the key differences you have seen between the B2B space and the B2C space when you're talking about social media marketing? Yeah, so if you think about the MarTech stack or actually social media as a whole, um, if you think of uh, social media as a whole, it's not something that's been around for the last 10, 15 years, right? Um, Maybe as a personal uh, platform, you would use it personally, but for B2B companies, it's truly evolved over the last, you know, I would say five or so years. Now, if you think about traditional social media marketing, it was really focused on vanity metrics. So likes, shares, retweets, you know, kind of those fluffy metrics. And for B2B marketers, they were kind of realizing, well, you know, the likes and the shares are great, but we can't really measure the ROI coming from social, right? So if you were to post something on LinkedIn and you were to get 50 likes, what's to say that 48 of those aren't your friends, family, coworkers? It just doesn't necessarily mean anything. Mm-hmm. So up until, you know, Daniel created Octopus back in 2013, there, there just, there wasn't anything in the space that would really allow you to understand exactly where your leads are coming from, specifically which posts from social media, what marketer created that post, um, maybe what employee shared that post, and we'll dive into advocacy a little bit later. Um, And really B2B marketers, right, they're responsible for pushing out a lot more content than B2C marketers, but more importantly, it's those analytics, right? They really need to understand what's working, what's not working. And unfortunately, like, you know, the B2C method, it wasn't cutting it. Um, also, Elias, I mean, if you take yourself, pretend you're a B2C marketer, right? And let's say mm-hmm. you're working for a company like Nike, um, you post something on LinkedIn or on Facebook, 
or you get thousands of likes, you don't have a Nike sales rep calling you and saying, hey, Elias, do you want to come try on these shoes and walk around for a couple of days, see if you like it, right? It's a completely different buying process. You just go in and buy the shoes, whereas B2B, it's really all about nurturing, understanding your customer, having visibility on who your customers are. So, so if you're talking about that longer sales cycle in B2B, Mm-hmm. So it could be anywhere, I typically say, between a week and, and a year or two, um, depending on the industry you're in. How do you attribute the social media ROI in that? So basically what we're doing is, you know, marketers are using Octopus to post on corporate profiles and then also sharing that same social content with employees, Right. Employees are engaging with your social content, whether it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, whether they're liking, commenting, um, retweeting, maybe even clicking on a LinkedIn post and then going back onto your website. Right. So whether they go back onto your website and buy a week later or whether it's a two year sales cycle right now or with most companies, there's no visibility to, to really see what's coming from social media, right? The, the marketers are kind of guessing. Mm-hmm. They don't really, really know where their leads are coming from, or they're maybe assuming that leads are coming from organic search. Also with social media, we're taking all of that social engagement data. So the likes, the shares, the retweets, and we're automatically pushing that social engagement data into the rest of uh, marketers' MarTech stack, Right. So, for example, maybe one of the marketing automation platforms. So Marketo, HubSpot, Eloqua, Pardot is typically the four that we work with the most also act on. Um, And marketers are using that social engagement data to enhance the way that they're nurturing, scoring, attributing their leads. Right. And that's just really giving them more of that 360 degree view on their customer that they don't have right now. Cool. So talking about that MarTech stack, Mm -hmm. connecting Marketo or Acton or Eloqua or HubSpot to Octopost seems like um, something you would need. But in practice, I find that a lot of marketers don't actually know what it means. What, what, what happens when you connect it to and what are the benefits? So if you think about a marketing automation platform, they were created really before social media was a thing. Right. It, mm-hmm. it, they were created, what, back in 2007, 2008, maybe maybe 2005, maybe prior. Um, so when you look at a lot of these marketing automation platforms, they don't have social components. Some of them might have the ability to post, but that's really all it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's very, very basic. So if you think about the data that marketers are collecting today, it's coming from email, uh, website visits, and CRM. So most of our customers are using Salesforce. So they're taking that data and using it to nurture, score, and attribute their leads. Think about that huge chunk of data, which is social media, that's completely siloed, right? So the way that marketers are nurturing, scoring, attributing their leads, it does not include social data. So what's to say that they're nurturing and scoring? It might not be accurate. Now, what Octopus is doing, again, is we're pushing all of that social engagement data. And now marketers can use that to basically enhance the way that they're using their marketing automation platform. So it's honestly more like a marketing automation enhancement platform. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. I've seen it in practice, um, mm-hmm. together with with Marketo and and Acton, um, and it's it's really powerful because as you're pointing out rightly, there is that the standard, let's say, social posting features are features are very limited in those platforms. So um, uh, adding something like Octopost is really helping you in generating those nice posts so they you have better looking posts but more importantly i think you you can also measure results way better and you can use those results within your marketing automation so you can do lead scoring on it etc so that's that's actually a great thing um you earlier referred to employee advocacy um, and octopost has a specific way to use employees in a social media strategy how first of all before we dive into uh this uh, advocacy i find that a lot of b2b companies are having problems in basically using or asking their employees being sales reps bdrs sdrs to actually uh, let's say update their profiles use uh, use updates uh, from the company, etc. How do you get them enthusiastic on the on the content? How do you get them to post those updates? Yeah, so you are spot on. <laughs> um, I would say that's one of the biggest challenges for marketers, mm-hmm. right? Is actually getting their employees to use the employee advocacy platform. And there's always kind of a battle between sales and marketing because marketing will roll out new tools and it's like pulling teeth to get employees to use mm-hmm. anything that they roll out and then it falls back on the marketer's shoulders and it's just this big headache internally. So here's the thing about most employee advocacy platforms and we're specifically talking B2B, right? If you're asking employees and typically you know, most customers roll it out to maybe a sales organization or a sales department first. Sales in particular, I mean, I don't want to say they're selfish, right? I'm in sales, mm-hmm. but um, they want to know what's in it for them, right? So if you're a marketer and you're asking your employees to post on their personal Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, um, their first question is going to be, okay, well, what's in it for me? right? Aside from the fact that I work for this company and I have to do it. Now, again, with most platforms and employees posting, let's say on LinkedIn, and they're getting likes. And again, realistically, most of those likes are friends, family, coworkers, like it really doesn't mean anything to them. And what's beautiful about Octopost is we take it a step further, right? So if I'm an employee and Elias, let's say that I post um, a webinar that we're having next week, And let's say that you're one of my prospects and you click on my LinkedIn post and then you register for that webinar. With most platforms, you can't see that, right? You you can see that maybe Elias registered for the webinar, but you can't really see where it's coming from. With Octopost, we're able to see that Elias as that lead, right, that now exists in our marketing automation platform, didn't just come from LinkedIn, but he came from Julia's post on June 15th. And I can see exactly what piece of content is inside of that post. I can see what marketer created that post. I can see what campaign it's tied to. And then again, all of that social data um, is automatically pushed into um, Salesforce and into their marketing automation platform. 
And as a sales rep or an employee, if I'm using Salesforce, first of all, I have visibility into all of that data, right? So I can maybe call Elias and you know nurture him the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also what's nice is our advocacy platform is actually built directly inside of Salesforce. So it's a little tab on the top of Salesforce. So you can post directly from there. You don't even have to use a separate browser. So that makes it a lot easier for employees and ease of use is everything for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I love, I love it. What you're, what you're saying there and agreed um, most salespeople are individual have their um, or have an individual focused are maybe not too selfish, but they are, let's say a little much focused on their own results and not so much on the uh, organization's results, which of course, which is a result of how we are uh, basically uh, setting KPIs for them and targets for them. It's, 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 I don't think they're to blame for that, but if you're showing them what's in it for them, that really helps to encourage them to use those uh, updates that are being set there by uh, being prepared by, uh, by marketing. So that I I love it. So um, with your experience in B2B, you can probably also share some pitfalls with the audience what are the pitfalls that people should be aware of? I think specifically when it comes to rolling out an advocacy program, mm-hmm. what I see a lot of companies do is maybe they've never had a formal advocacy program before, right? Maybe it's been manual, meaning they're creating a post and emailing it to all of their employees and crossing their fingers that employees are going to share. And honestly, a lot of other vendors encourage marketers to roll out an advocacy program to the entire organization. I don't necessarily, and I say necessarily, right? Because uh, some com- every company is very different. Um, I don't always think that that's the best strategy, right? Because you have different types of employees that should be different types of content. Also, maybe you're a global company. So time has a lot to do with the content that you're asking employees to share out right? You Mm -hmm. really want your advocacy program to be a strategic rollout. You want to understand what's working, what's not working. Also, as a marketer, right, you're asking for budget for a tool and you're rolling it out to everybody. Realistically, um, you can try all you want. (laughs) You can't make somebody post, right? There's always going to be employees that, uh, might not use the platform or kind of how we bucket employees at Octopus is three different types. There's, you know, the overachievers that are posting anything and everything that marketing is sending their way. There's those middle people that are like posting maybe once, twice a week here and there. And then we have what's called our social curmudgeons, right? Where it's like pulling teeth to get them to share anything. It's just, it's not going to happen. Right. So I would just be very, very selective of who you're having involved in your advocacy program. What I found to be very successful, especially among some of my global customers, um, is doing a scaled approach. So maybe starting with your most engaged employees, the ones that are already very active on social or let's say sales, right? More customer facing employees. Use them as your guinea pigs. Really understand what's working, not just from a sharing perspective, but also content, time of day. Like, It's a snowball effect, right? There's so many factors that go into it. 
I would do that and then slowly start to add more and add more and add more, tag gamification, make it competitive, right? If you start making it competitive, people naturally usually want to win, right? So they're not involved in the advocacy program with the initial rollout. They're going to start wondering why they weren't involved and then they're going to get intrigued. And, you know, it's just, it kind of goes from there. So. And that that is actually some great advice, and I think a lot of B two B marketing managers will will face that that same situation where you know they they know they have a sales force or another department that is not willing to 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 share that content. And your advice is to actually find some a small group, start with the, uh, some ambassadors that are really gonna start giving the right example and then take it from there. I love I love that advice. So Julia, I want to thank you for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Um, people can reach you on LinkedIn. I will share your LinkedIn profile in the show notes as well as a link to Octopost, uh, the website, for people to find out more on the stuff that you were, sh- were, sh- uh, were sharing today. Thank you very much, Julia. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.